Thank you, Anna. I think that tonight has a big thank you to you two and Craft South for letting us do this. When we had QuiltCon in Savannah, they announced that QuiltCon was going to be in Nashville, and I went and found Anna, and I was like, can we do a podcast? And she said yes. And I remember that, and I'm so glad it worked out, and it's a special night. Um, okay, so I'm going to introduce everybody, and I didn't look at where you were sitting before I sat down. <laughs> so we have Heidi Park. She is going to be my first guest. Then we have Tara Fawnen. So geeking out about this as much as you guys are about being here. <laughs> I have Denise Schmitz, which I mean, I'm just dying about this. And Sarah Bond and Sherry Limwood. I am so excited to have these guests. It is going to be a very fun night. And um, thank you guys so much for coming. So very much for coming. It's going to be a good night. I cannot wait to have these ladies tell us about their creative journey. And um, all right. So thank you, Anna, and we're going to get started. So I want to thank the sponsors, like she said, Free Spirit and Quilt Folk and Janome and, of course, Craft South for this event. And hi, Heidi. How are you doing? I'm real good. Thank you. How are I you? I love that you're wearing some handmade tonight. Of course, hand quilted clothing. <laughs> I love it. So I kind of want to um, just learn a little bit about your creative journey, mm -hmm. how did you get into this thing that we love so much called sewing? Mm, good question. I know. <laughs> so, um, you know, sewing was something that was kind of always around. My family sewed and my mother sewed. So, like, she sewed all my Halloween costumes when I was little in the 80s. And I was given my great-grandmother's sewing kit when she passed away. And I just always had that around. So, it was always there, always um, a possibility to the point that I kind of almost didn't realize it was something I could pursue. Yeah. And my grandmother was also a ceramic artist, so I would in the summers visit her in Santa Fe, New Mexico and work with clay, and I just thought that was like the cool, exclusive, hard-to-reach thing compared to being easy-to-get thing. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up wanting to study art education when I was in college, when I was deciding where to go to college. And I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and focused on ceramics initially and was studying to be a high school art teacher. And I kept pressing lace and clothing and <laughs> fabric and buttons into my clay because that's what I was yeah. around and what I thought was interesting. <laughs> and then I took a metalworking class and I made my first quilt in that class. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so finally, after the metalworking experience, I realized maybe I belong in the fiber program. And like, I started also to think about graduation and how I wouldn't have access to a kiln and a foundry and all of that when I graduated, but I would still have my needle and thread from you know my great-grandmother. And so that's when I started to think, maybe this is where I belong and where, where I should be. So I got especially into textiles and fiber art and really owned that as a title when I was in college this last two years. And then I made my first real quilt when I was in 2013. Um, I finally moved out of my mother's house when I was 30 <laughs> and had some nesting to do. <laughs> and my grandmother had bought a hand-pieced quilt top log cabin style at an estate sale and 
put it in a Rubbermaid and hung on to it forever, and it still had its little $36.50 tag on it. And um, my mom pulled it out and said, hey, Heidi, maybe you want a blanket for your house so you can make a quilt now that you live on your own. And I said, yes, that sounds great. And so I quilt, I made a quilt back that was also a quilt for that. And um, my friend Kat, who came with me, she was there. And I was like, am I allowed to do that? Can I make two quilt tops? <laughs> she said, yeah, sure. I won't tell you you can't. And so I hand quilted that in September of 2013. And by the end of that school year, I quit my job to become a quilter. And it was just the biggest love affair of my life. I yeah. love that. <laughs> what a neat journey, mm -hmm. though, to yeah. realize. And... I mean, to go through art school, I mean, that's number one. So cool. But, I mean, to realize halfway through and make your journey change like that, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, how would you define what your style is? And how did you kind of realize that that was your style? My style is about hands. <laughs> um, so handmade, done by hand, seeing that it's not made by a machine is the guiding thought behind a lot of my work. And so, especially when I bind things, I quilt the binding in place, if that makes sense, so that you can see the stitches. And um, you know, my reason for that is that I want it to be visible. And I oftentimes will use Aunt Lydia's crochet thread, size 10, because it's local to me. Like I'm a Wisconsin, Chicago lady, and Aunt Lydia's was always around and always easy. And so I like how that's a slightly thicker thread that is mercerized well and it shows up and you can really see that I'm quilting something by hand. And I would say the other thing that is important to my style and who I am as an artist is making things that are meaningful. And so I always am trying to think how can the fabric be meaningful? How can, like thinking of the quilt itself as a scaffolding that I'm, stacking and so the fabric can be meaningful and then the technique that I use to piece the fabric is meaningful and then the image that I create is meaningful and then also the quilting that I do on top is like a drawing that's adding meaning and so whenever I can stack and layer that meaning um, it's important to me um, like you mentioned my dress this is a fabric um, a pattern that I got from Vogue but the fabric was dyed with kitchen scraps because I had I like I use onions and avocado at home and couldn't stand to throw them away <laughs> <laughs> so once I had over a year's worth of them saved up in my closet um, I <laughs> dyed some fabric and wait the onion scraps and the avocado scraps in your closet yeah you know I keep them in this pantry closet area okay, so okay. I don't have to look at not them with your like clothes closet okay <laughs> good Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah. So I dyed the fabric and I made a quilt with it first that I really loved called um, the the loveliest and saddest landscape in the world and and that's a line taken from Antoine de Saint Exupéry from The Little Prince and that was the first quilt that I made after my dad passed away and was really a powerful thing for me to make and I, I, it was one where I let my hands start moving first and then I figured out what the quilt was about. Sometimes you have to just trust yeah, your yeah. hands first. And then I realized, oh, I'm making the landscape from the last page in The Little Prince. How fascinating. <laughs> I had no idea that's what I was making. But, um, you know, using it from 
the fabric that was unexpected and having it be about that. And so now this dress is made from the same fabric that I dyed in that moment. And, um, you know, I just always think about how can I add to the meeting and how can it be special? And when I acquire new materials, it's very much about what's meaningful and interesting. So when I'm traveling is really an exciting moment to buy fabric or if, if there's something that just happens to be in my life that's around, like avocado peels and pits, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, that to me is a sign from um, you know, the universe that that's what I'm supposed to be making something with because it's entering my, my world and my space. I love that. If you guys follow Sarah on Instagram, she posted that um, she, you were doing interviews and this dress was part of that. And you said, what should I wear to the interview? I need to make like a statement. What should that statement be? And I love that. And I love that you wore that tonight. That's yeah. very special. Um, I kind of feel like this is a fun question and kind of hard sometimes I think as a maker, but, um, how did you feel like, like, when did you feel like you really made it, you know, that this is who you are and this is what you want to do and that, you know, you, you've made it to this. I feel like that moment for me was when I took my first quilt out of the dryer and it was still together. <laughs> I was impressed. <laughs> um, so being a graduate of the School of the Art Institute, one of our most famous graduates is Jeff Koons, who's pretty big in the art world. And he didn't wait for other people to decide that he made it. He said, I am going to be the most famous artist in the world. And that's as high, you know, that is the goal that I'm setting for myself. I'm you know, going to choose that I'm aiming that high. And I think that I made that first quilt in 2013 and just thought this feels yeah. the way that I want my life to feel. And a lot of things had gone wrong previous to that. I canceled my wedding in 2012 and then my job as a teacher got kind of um, frustrating because I was driving between two different high schools instead of one high school and just things weren't falling into place. And then I sat down and I was quilting and I was watching Fringe, like marathon style oh, yeah. Fringe. Don't we all marathon? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just, I loved it. And then when I made my second quilt, I just kept re-watching the documentary series, Why Quilts Matter. And I thought they do matter. Yeah. And if I can be successful and then also quilting and this thing that's so imp important to women, this women's thing can also be successful as I'm successful. Like we can be successful together. Like on my third rewatch of Why Quilts Matter. <laughs> I just thought like, I'm gonna choose like Jeff Koons to be a quilter and make this life for myself. And um, so I chose to be successful before I was, if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, are there any habits that you have that you love about your creative process? I mean, those avocado pits are kind of, <laughs> I mean, that should be something mm -hmm. that you might love about yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually though, to be honest, I'm not a big natural dye or dyeing person in general. I took chemistry of dyes and fibers in college and didn't like it that much. And I used to be a painter and a ceramic artist and was doing just a big variety of things. And a huge part of what I love about quilting is that it's clean rather than dirty. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, um, you know, dye, like dyeing, I thought like, 
I have a couple quilts that I have dyed fabric for that I do love, but um, it's not my thing because it's messy. Yeah. So I like working with things that are clean. I kind of forgot. Oh, what was the rest of the question? Habits that, you love about your <laughs> habits that I love about my creative <laughs> process. I love that my art reflects life. And that does, I guess, have to do with the avocados. Uh, there's a lot of art in the world, both in the quilting world and the art world and the painting world and the ceramics world, which is a big division in you know, that with pottery being, quote, craft. And not, you know, I, we're not the only ones who deal with all of those interesting questions. But uh, no matter what kind of art I'm looking at, there's a lot of art that I think is about idealism and I wish the world was like this. And there's this one corner of the world where I can be master of the universe and it can be just so and really perfect. And I think that I strive for the opposite of that because life is hard and we make mistakes and we cancel our weddings and we do all these things that are so difficult and I like making art that reflects that same kind of struggle. When I was in high school and then in college, I reread the, by Milan Kundera, The Unbearable Lightness of Being. And that was such a formative time for me when I was figuring out who am I as a creative person. And he talked about life as a sketch for a painting that we never get to make because we're only always sketching. And... I loved that visual that he created for me as a reader. And I thought, I want to make art that feels like being alive. And so if I make a mistake or if something goes wrong, I want that to be visible in the art and to show that I persevered anyways. Because when I see art like that, it makes me feel okay about how things are going and how I'm moving forward. And that is one of the biggest things that I'm really interested in recreating. I love everything yeah. about that. That <laughs> is that is so true. And I think that so often we think that things have to be perfect. Mm. And I'm like you. When I quilt, I... Okay, any long armors do not hate me on this one. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't bury my threads when I long arm. I change out the bobbin and I go back over it and secure all my threads in there and I keep going. And for me, it's the same thing. I persevered that my bobbin ran out in the middle of my quilt. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I want you to know that that's what mm -hmm. I did. And I think that, you know, that that's a really special part of what we do, that we can make those choices. It can be really perfect or it can have everything show and be very meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, so what advice would you give someone that is starting out in this audience that thinks, you know what, this is something that I'm just getting into or I've been doing and I kind of want to really just go for it. What, what is the advice that you would give them? Watch a Jeff Koons documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, believe you can. Like, just, you know, think, think that you can do it. Think that what you have to share with the world is important and worthy and good enough and interesting and let go of the limiting beliefs that you have around you that say that you can't. Yeah, I totally I love that. What is something um, about you that people here might not know? Mm. Other than we're not going to ever look in your pantry. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, you might not know. Oh, that's a hard one. I, what might not I am good at cutting hair. Ooh. When people occasionally trust me 
which isn't that often, but I, I can do it. And I love things that are connected to a handmade lifestyle in that regard. So like, if I can do it myself, I do. Like I've recently repaired my vacuum for the third time. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, I think that you guys do know that I do a lot of mending of clothing, but yeah. that has just expanded my worldview so much to think, oh, why couldn't I mend my vacuum? Why couldn't I cut my hair myself? Like, why do I have to be part of this consumerism thing if I'm not interested in it? And so, um, yeah, vacuum repair and haircuts. If you need help, <laughs> I'm your gal. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of haircuts, I have a funny Denise and myself story. <laughs> so as many of you know that follow me on Instagram, I decided that I usually cut my own bangs, but I was going to go and get some my friend who cuts my hair to do it. And she wet cut my hair and she was having a little bit of a frazzled day. And so she cut them wet and then they were way shorter than I'm used to. So then I see on Instagram that Denise says, um, I'm getting a haircut on Friday and I, I almost messaged you and said, don't do it, girl. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. So it looks great. You didn't have the same, the same experience that I did, but I am vibing with my short bangs, but um, that is that is awesome. That, that is one of your yeah. skills. That is really cool well is there um you know I think that we're all here for QuiltCon is there anything that has really like touched your heart about the show that that you are gonna leave and kind of keep with you so this year was the first year that I've been involved in the charity quilts I live in Milwaukee I'm from Chicago and I first kind of got into the modern quilt guild because of my friend Heather Kinian and she was like Heidi tag along with me to the guild meeting but then I moved to Milwaukee and I thought how can I be a member of the Chicago modern quilt guild if I don't live in Illinois but apparently they had no problem with it so I'm a <laughs> guild member now and I was really excited about uh, when they announced the charity quilt theme that it was going to be small piecing and they included my quilt Night Flight number two is, as an example of that and so I like, emailed Heather and I said hey can I please please be involved because I love small piecing and she you know, obviously said yeah Heidi that would be super cool you can be involved so I got to design the charity quilt and it has just really touched my heart to be involved in that I the Chicago Quilt Guild meets in a hospital in Oak Park, which is actually where I was born. I lived wow. in Oak Park till I was five. And we meet in a hospital, and it's free, and I highly recommend if anyone's looking for a space for bigger, it's a really great idea. And so I thought, number one, we should make a quilt that we can donate to the hospital. Like, that's the charity that we're giving to and the thing that we're going to do. Uh, so that it can be on display and help people. And then... And then some time passed between me trying to think of an idea and actually having to give my presentation about the idea. And so my father passed away in June and that was really a surprise and very hard to deal with. And then in July, I had to share what was our idea for the charity quilt. And I had spent so much time in the hospital where my dad passed away, but also when I was 17, he had esophageal cancer and he would have died when I was 17 wow. and he was fighting it for over a year and he was a 17 year cancer survivor. Wow. And I spent 
all that time with him in the hospital when I was 17 years old and he was getting better. And I thought, I have an incredible hospital story. And I bet other people in our guild have amazing hospital stories as well. And so I, I and I also, I wanted it to look like a collaborative quilt. I wanted it to look like a bunch of people were working on it together. And so I shared with the guild in July that we were all gonna make small quilts that were hospital beds that were twin beds you know, to scale as twin size beds. And it would be either sharing our hospital share story or the story of someone we love or simply wishing goodwill to people who happen to be in the hospital who are looking at our quilt. And it was an amazing experience to see people turn in their quilt blocks for that and share the story and um, one of the, the I forget her last name, but Donna did a lot of the hand quilting on it. And she came up to me <laughs> yesterday and said, for the third time, you know, when you first pitched that idea, I really thought it was going to be <laughs> horrible. But <laughs> over time, as, as people made the quilt blocks and told their stories, it was so touching and such a great way for the guild members to get to know each other yeah. in, in a much deeper way and really was such a powerful part of the show and tell for the months that we had when people were turning things in and then having everyone work on hand quilting that quilt and just spending that kind of time with each block yeah. was powerful. And so getting to see it finished, because I hadn't seen it finished until I arrived at QuiltCon, was so powerful and exciting for me and I felt so honored that I could be part of that and that... I could share something so tender in my life and then have it be met with such tenderness from my guild members was yeah. a really, really, for me, the most thrilling part of QuiltCon this year. And especially getting to talk to the other people who are here from Chicago who worked on it and see them in person and like cry about the quilt together and do our Quilt Alliance video today oh, was, awesome. yeah, was so exciting. That is awesome. Okay, yeah. so now everyone is going to go back and see that in a different light. It's in the back right corner of the <laughs> exhibition room, yeah. Well, that, what a powerful story. Mm -hmm. And quilts can do that. And mm -hmm. I think that that is the one reason I do the podcast. I think stories really connect us. Mm -hmm. And what a powerful way to do it in a quilt. So yeah. that is awesome. Well, Heidi, I cannot say thank you enough mm -hmm. for coming and sharing your story. And we are going to have you stick around because we have some really fun things coming up. Oh, I know. So. My friends are going to talk to you. I know. <laughs> but we have some lightning round questions okay. that we're going to get to. So everybody give a big round of applause to Heidi. Thank you. Me? Okay. I know. It doesn't sound like that you can hear. No, uh, no okay. it doesn't. I agree. <laughs> Well, Tara, I'm a huge fan, a huge fan. You do solids in such a cool way that I just love it. It's so, it, it just is so inspiring to look at your works of art. And I am so touched that I'm talking to you right now. I'm fangirling a little I'm bit. I'm totally fangirling on you. I feel like I could do a duet now. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really inspired by your podcast, and I've listened to probably almost all the episodes. Oh my of gosh! Your no way! That's over awesome. The years That's because cool. I love what you. I love the stories. And I know. I love hearing people's stories, and the fact that you do that for me and then tell me about it is amazing. Oh, so. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. It is. <laughs> 
Um, all right, Tara, I okay. want to know a little bit about your creative journey or a lot. So you give me what you want. And I kind of want to know just like, how did you get into this and, and how did solids become something that you gravitated towards? Oh, that's, yeah, that's an easy question. So, um, really quickly, like I grew up being really creative and crafty. Um, I went to an art school, a magnet school for elementary school. My mom was a crafter and an artist. I had uh, the California College of Arts and Crafts right next to me, so we were weaving and painting and printing and singing and poetry and all of that, right? Wow. So, But I never considered myself an artist because I was surrounded by real artists, which is funny. <laughs> but anyway, so I was always really creative, and then my mom gave me like a bunch of her sewing stuff, and I, I sewed when I was a kid, and we made clothes, and um, I guess I made a quilt, but I don't remember it, um, but my mom showed it to me, so I've, I've seen it. Um, I have no memory, not one memory of making that quilt. Uh, I was probably channeling someone, you know. My grandma was like, make a quilt. But um, so I started, she sewed, she cleaned out her sewing room. This was 2001. And I started quilting then. And the minute, so I had been doing like crochet and, you know, all of those craft stuffs, painting, gardening, everything. And then I cut my first piece of fabric and sewed it together. And my heart started racing. Right, when you said that, I was like, yep. And I would get up. I had off of work, and I would get up at 6 in the morning because, well, I'm an early person, and I would just get up at dawn, and I would sew until dark, and I just sewed and sewed, and I was like, this is it. I don't need to explore any other art form. That's that was, awesome. That was it. That is awesome. Yeah. So did you have a space already? I mean, did you have a sewing machine in the fabric there, or did you, yeah. like, how did that happen? Yeah, I had a sewing machine my mom gave me, and then she cleaned out her sewing room, and... I went to this thrift store and I bought fabrics from the thrift store and then I discovered quilt shops and I had no problem acquiring fabric. That was not the problem. <laughs> um, and acquiring the sewing machines and doing all of that. And yeah, I had a sewing space and um, my husband's also an artist. So he was like, so I haven't seen you in two weeks. I totally understand. And you know, so yeah. it's just like that time to just dive into it. And that was in 2001. Wow. So, yeah. And I've never, I never stopped. I'm gl we're all glad that you haven't stopped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to keep going. <laughs> um, all right. So how did you find your style? Because when I see quilts, I know that they're yours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that solid question. I forgot about that. Oh, it's okay. And that's we can kind go of back. part of, I guess, what my style is. So, you know, what's really interesting and that I think about a lot, like when I was learning how to quilt, I learned from Old Quilters Newsletter magazines. And... I knew when I when I started to quilt, I was like, I want to do that. I want to be in that magazine. I want to make money doing quilting. Like, I knew from when I started. But when I started, the only way to actually have a name in, in the quilting industry was to make really good work. Yeah. And so I said, after maybe five years of quilting, I was like, okay, in 10 years, I'm going to be there. And that's the goal I gave myself. And that was 2015. I was 15 years in. And so that's kind of interesting. I was just like really patient and gave myself that chance and that time to develop off of Instagram. Nobody knew who I was. I entered like Paducah quilt show, and, but I didn't have a single friend that quilted. I was 27. I was a punk rocker when I started quilting. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, my grandma quilts. And I was like, I'm sure she does. <laughs> no. um, and so do I. And, and my friends were just like, you are so weird. And I was like, I know, but it's just, I can't stop. Um, <laughs> 
But so I uh, went to textile design school and I finished in 2010. And I started working at Potter Brown Kids and then Michael Miller as an in-house designer. And it was during that time when I was in school and I was working with prints all day. And I just... Oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was working with prints all day. And I was working with somebody else's colors all day. Yeah. Right? Because as a designer, that's what you have to do. You have to learn all kinds of colors. And it doesn't matter if you like it or not. You have to make it work. So pink and purple and turquoise. Right? So I was doing pink and purple and turquoise castles. And princesses and unicorns and like soft pastel hearts. And then I would come home and I would just be like, I want ochre and I want, and really that is what drove that solid use and what drove my color use. And I had the really wonderful opportunity of working with Kathy Miller, who uh, is one of the owners of Michael Miller. She's been a yeah. colorist for 30 years. And she taught me so much about value. We do not share the same color palette. Mm -mm. So, but that doesn't matter. It's totally irrelevant. You, like we've learned, she taught me about value. She taught me about quantity of color and all of these things. And I got to apply that in my job. And then I got to go home and like put ochre and pink together. And that was really exciting for me because I couldn't do that at the time, you know? Or I was like, brown, right now I want brown. Nobody's ready for brown fabrics. We can have rust fabrics. We can have a dark ochre. But, like, nobody wants brown. So I get to go home, and in my quilts, I get to use brown. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what led that, I guess, that color. I don't know. I, it wasn't, I didn't try ever. That's just what happened. And in looking back, I'm like, well, that must be the explanation. Yeah. So I don't really know. I'm not a real cerebral <laughs> quilter like Heidi. <laughs> So sometimes if you ask me a question, I'm probably figuring out the answer as I'm talking about it. Okay. But that answer I knew. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you define as your style? I don't. I kind of want you to do punk rock. I mean, wouldn't that be fun to call your style like punk rock quilting? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't define my style. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. Like, I, in my heart, I feel like a traditional quilter. But traditional quilters are like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, well, look at that railroad crossing or that double wedding. I mean, what's different about it? I'm a traditional quilter. So I'm a traditional quilter who uses bright colors, I guess, or colors in a non-traditional way, maybe. You rock at it, by the way. Thanks. You Thanks. do an awesome job. Thank All you. right, let's talk about, like, when did you pick up fabric and think, I'm going to fold that, and then I'm going to make that into a quilt oh the pine bur quilt yeah oh yeah yes. so pine bur quilt. that it's it's yeah it's i awesome. mean it's a style of quilt that is not really well known about because um it was made generally by african-american women in the south in the 50s and if you go online there's just not any information because it was taught mother to daughter right and so I learned about them from magazines, right? Like those old quilters newsletters. Did I mention that's how I learned how to sew? <laughs> um, <laughs> full of tips and tricks. And so I'd always known about them, and I just was really fascinated about them. And then I went online to the Alabama State, Alabama? I think so, it's their state quilt block. And there was a little tutorial for how to make the folded triangles, but there was no tutorial for really how to put it together. So that was fun. 
<laughs> but I just, I really enjoy traditional quilts, and I really enjoy um, either playing with it in a traditional layout or with that pine bark quilt. It's a horizontal layout, which is the traditional layout is usually round, and um, I, I really can't tell you what, what drives me to create something except for I get excited to explore something. Really, that's just kind of it. Form and shape excite me as much as color I just recently discovered because somebody asked me a question about it and I was like, yeah, I really get excited by form. Yeah. <laughs> like a triangle is an amazing thing. And that triangle makes me feel really differently whether it's a tall triangle, a short triangle, a wonky triangle, right? Like right. they all make me have a different emotion just as like when I look at pink versus brown versus any other color, they make me have a different emotion. Yep. So that's, I think that's really interesting. Anyways, I thought that was really <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think shapes are really exciting. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> right? So, quilters, uh, probably all do. <laughs> what is your setup? Do you have um, a design wall? Mm -hmm. do, is it, you know, machine design wall and you kind of have your fabric in, in your own space and mm -hmm. where you create? Mm -hmm. Yep. So when you are making a quilt, do you use... Sometimes I just make a quilt and go for it. Sometimes mm -hmm. I use my design wall. Do you kind of pre-think it or do you go for it and think as you go? It should be both. a new term, think as you go. Yeah, think as you go, right? I think, I think both. I think um, I use the design wall to figure out uh, an idea, but I also like I just cut shapes and sew them together until I get the right proportions, right? Because you can't know what proportion is going to, be pleasing for you until you sew it together. Um, so that's how I choose like the size or the proportion or the, you know, I just cut and then it goes into the scrap bin, you know, or sometimes it goes into the garbage if I don't like it. Um, I'm sorry, I know that's so I offensive, know. right? Everybody's like, recycle, reuse. Sorry, Heidi, I know. I'm like, I throw it away. Well, it Hi Heidi's going to come to your house soon. I know. Can I just mail you the whole garbage bag? <laughs> um, what was your question? <laughs> I don't remember. I got off track. I just have this image of Heidi showing up at your house. Knock, knock, knock. Tara, Tara, I'm here. I'm here to get your scraps <laughs> and go through your garbage just in case. <laughs> um, you kind of answered this, okay. but we're going to revisit it a little bit because I asked Heidi and I'm going to ask everyone, how you know, when was that point where you felt like you made it? Did you ever get in that quilt newsletter? Mm -mm. Quilter's newsletter? No, and it folded. It folded. <sighs> Man, um, rest in peace. I don't peace. really feel like I've ever had, had the point where I've made it because I never have felt like I'm, I'm stopping. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, that was an interesting question you were going to ask Heidi. And I thought you were going to ask me similar questions to Heidi the whole time, but these have been all new questions. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really feel like I've made it. Honestly, also because I still have to work a day job. And maybe when I don't have to work a day. And I enjoy my day job, you know. I mean, what is your day job? Textile design. Oh, gotcha. So it's, it's, you know, it's design, it's color, it's, you know. Uh, so I enjoy it. But maybe when, when I can sell my quilt as a piece of art and somebody will actually pay what I think it's worth, which is well over $10,000. Yeah. Then I'll think I made it, I think. Yeah. And I, I'm like, fine, if that's another 10 years, I know I'm going to get there. I know that. Because I believe, I believe, I know it's, it can happen. Yep. So 
I don't feel like I made it yet. That will be the day. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Post that day on Instagram because we right. will applaud you. <laughs> made it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are there any habits that you have that you really love about your creative process? I'm really focused um, to the detriment of my family, which is my husband and my cats. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate that about myself. <laughs> I'll just say that he cooks dinner for me, and it's amazing because I gave up cooking. Year, maybe six or seven years ago because I was like, well, I'm fine with granola. <laughs> I'd rather go be quilting. Um, I, don't, I don't know that. Could you repeat the question? Do I have any habits? That yeah, do you have any habits that you really love about your creative process? Yeah, I love to wake up first thing in the morning. Um, like, I'm still an early morning quilter, and my favorite hours to be sewing are from, like, seven in the morning till nine. And I, I've tried to sew after in the evening, and I can't. I can't do it. I have totally changed my habits. I like sewing and nighttime, mm -hmm. not, you know, like clearing my headspace mm -hmm. after. Um, right. I mean, I also don't have kids. So it's like such a, you know, I get to sew from seven in the, to nine in the morning if I want to. You know, I don't have to sew at night. So maybe if I'd had different circumstances, I would have learned to be a night sewer, but. <laughs> no, I just gave up. I like sleep. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're, they're, they're fine. <laughs> um, you know, I, I this is I didn't ask Heidi this, and Heidi, I'm I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> so, in all this fabric that you have, and and we know that you love solids, mm. is there an organization to that fabric that you pull out of, or is it just kind of like some of us and just kind of all there? I have an Ikea bookshelf, which is the perfect width for a folded piece of fabric. Um, Ikea needs to know that this population is that. out there. I mean, right? they, they really need to market need that to, to know. quilters. <laughs> um, and I organize it by color, reds, orange, yellows, but um, it doesn't stay organized. I'm the most hot, creative mess. And I do share those pictures on Instagram. Like, I am a messy, chaotic cre creator. And I, I stand on fabric, I stand on my fabric, and then I'm like, oh, and I pick it up off the floor, and it's like my studio is small, and I, I'm a craft hoarder, so I haven't gotten rid of all that, like, satin bias baby blanket. <laughs> That's right? so funny. Where, like, the vintage zippers that I found that someday I might, like, do something with, or those, like, empty wooden bobbins. I got a box of those, too. And, um, so anyways... Uh, <laughs> totally blank it's okay we just know that you're a hot mess when you're creative <laughs> I think in my head I was in my studio and looking in my closets and just like getting yeah, I don't want to be that way but but that's just the way it is oh the fabric so yeah I organized <laughs> wow you guys it's been a long couple of days <laughs> Um, yes, I organize it by color, and then um, it, it, I quickly, like, as I'm pulling fabrics out, I do it in a very frenzied, fast manner, and I really only reorganize it or fold my fabrics, like, every three months or four months, wow. and I just shove them back in there. It's horrible, and then I pull a piece of fabric out, and the whole thing ends up on the floor, <laughs> and then I paw through it, and then I pick it up, and I sh it's horrible, 
But it works for me, you know? It doesn't work for me to slow down and fold and be neat. Like, that kills my creative drive. Like, when I'm, like, working, I just, I, it kills it. And I've tried it. I have tried. I've tried to be a neat crafter, and it doesn't work for me. So I gave my permission to be, myself permission to be very messy. And that's totally okay. Everybody has their own creative process. Yeah, that's right. And yours is resulting in some really amazing stuff. So please don't stop. Oh, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what advice would you give someone that is starting out? Like starting out sewing? Well, just um, starting out business-wise, sewing, oh, business. whatever. I mean, that's totally different. If, if, I, if somebody was a new quilter, I would say give yourself permission to do it however it is that you do it. It's not... There's no wrong way unless your quilt falls apart. <laughs> then you did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, like actually having it stick together. So, and it's still like true. You know, I always feel like I'm doing something the wrong way when I'm learning something new because I'm teaching myself and I'm like, well, there must be a right way. It's just such a ridiculous, I don't know even where that comes from, but it's very heavily imbued in our quilting world that there's some right way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then starting out in business, I don't know. I, I, you know, I can't really say that quilting is my business. You know, yeah. I, it's not a huge part of my income yet. Um, I'm not interested in branding myself or marketing myself. <laughs> yeah. That takes so much time to market yourself. I'm like, oh. Uh huh. Yeah. So I'm just not sure that that going the quilting business route, like I'm really lucky in that I get to be a part of the quilt world and I get to talk about quilts all the time, especially with my job as a textile designer. And I get to be involved in it and I don't have to worry. I mean, I do make money, I guess, from the quilting industry because I'm a textile. Be an in-house textile designer. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> Done. Done. Mic drop. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the idea of not having everything perfect, um, it's definitely there. I have piece quilts and had a really narrow mm -hmm. seam. And you know when you have that narrow seam and you're trying to make it work, I just go back and forth, really, and put a lot of thread there. And then if I wash mm -hmm. and dry it and it comes back out and it breaks apart, I just do the same thing with the quilt sandwich all together, and I put it under my machine, and I go back and forth and mend it real quick. Uh -huh. No one knows but me. Mm -mm. I totally do that on oh. the skinny seams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a little zigzag. Oh, yeah. Do you do a little zigzag? Because that's really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I do all of them. I do all of them. Yeah. 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 Um, but quilt, quilt business is hard, and, and yes. I, I, it's really hard to uh, combine the joy of your yes. art and your craft and this thing that you started doing for for love and then make money at it it's very it's a, just a really hard learning curve yeah. um, i'm not saying that that's not something that i'm going to do or trying to achieve because i am right but Absolutely. it's still hard i want to sell my quilts for a lot of money um, <laughs> i do i mean i'm going to be totally honest about it that's my goal uh, but it's just, it's, it's hard. And I've, I've tried to just go really slowly. I think that's would be really my advice is just, you know, yep. go really slowly and let it grow organically. Because when I was younger, I don't think I like the more I'm in this doing this and developing myself, the more I have the wisdom to know what, what's working for me or not, Yeah, you know, in the yep. choices that I'm saying yes to and the things that I'm saying no to. So I just go real slow, uh, you know, another 10 year goal. Right. Yeah. And say no when you when you feel like mm -hmm. you need to say no. Say yeah. no, even if it is 
a really good opportunity and sometimes mm-hmm. that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. What is something about yourself that we might not know? And I'm so excited about what this answer might be. <laughs> well, there's so many things I can't tell you about myself in this public forum. There's a lot. of th- I'm a really private person. Um, and uh, it's so hard. Um, there's a lot of things about me you don't know. But a fun fact about me. We'll take a fun fact. I mean, Heidi cuts her own hair sometimes, so oh. I mean, live up to that one. Hair. I cut other people's hair. Oh, okay. Um, here's a I fact you may, you may or may not know about me. <laughs> I was um, thinking about entering midwifery school when yeah, I saw awesome. an ad in the local newspaper for an opening, I mean, an open uh, night, what do they call that? A re- open, open house, thank you at uh, this local textile design school. So I just went to the open house, but it turned out it wasn't open house. It was first day of class. (laughs) (laughs) So I signed up, and that was the last I thought about midwifery and breastfeeding and doulas and delivering babies because I I signed up for that class, and I fell in love. Well, we're really glad that that's the path that you took, or I am. I love your work. <laughs> um, I mean, like I said, we are all here for QuiltCon and to take in the amazing quilts that are around, all the vendors that are here. Um, what is something that you're going to keep from you know this particular QuiltCon that you've seen this week? I haven't really seen much yet. Um, but... Um, I didn't even know if I was going to like teaching when I started teaching. I was like, I'm going to hate it. But then I would find after the end of every day of teaching, I was like, (laughs) and then I was still saying, yeah, I don't like teaching. I don't like teaching. And then at the end of the day, I was like, yeah. Um, So obviously I love teaching. It gives me a lot of energy. And one of my students told me that um, one of my classes changed everything in her creative life. (gasps) Yeah. And yes. that, like, still gives me the yeah. tingles. And I was like, I did a good job. That's what I, I did a really good job. So that really meant a lot. And I will take that away because nobody's ever said that to me before. And that was really awesome. Because I awesome. didn't teach her about what I do. I taught her about what she's capable of. Yeah. So that was awesome. Wow, that is awesome. What a way to end this chat with wow. you. Because I, I think that that is the special part of being a teacher. Mm-hmm. And someone that shares your story mm-hmm. is to get that compliment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just means the world. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. It's like, it's, yes, it does. It, no it's, words. Yeah. And then you take it back. And when you're by yourself, I mean, we're all introverts. Let's just go ahead. When we're sewing, <laughs> we are Netflix binging <laughs> by ourselves. Having super awesome conversations with ourselves. <laughs> yes. It is definitely something that comes back into your mind. That little bitty comment mm. can mean so much. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you. Everybody give a big, huge round of applause for Tara. (laughs) Hello. Oh, my goodness.